Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey guys, it's Blood Harris here. Let me tell you some of my booking. These guys have been in business for years. They have a great reputation, grail on reviews. They have a pretty easy mobile site. So with the Final Four coming up, and of course you got NHL playoffs and NBA, everything's coming up. Go check these guys out. Enter the promo code Armchair25, and you can collect up to $1,000 in free play when you create your account. Also, they match your deposit dollar for dollar as well. So check them out, you guys. Go to my bookie. It's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Check them out. All right, guys. Welcome to our Panther Rants podcast with Vlad Harris here. Thursday. Close to the weekend. Awesome, right? We got a loaded podcast today. I mean, we may... You know, I, I get like 45, you know, 45 minutes is my limit on this uh, podcast. And really, that's all I need because it's my, you know, my commute to work is probably about a, an hour or so. But so much to talk about today. Lots of great things. And, you know, we'll, we'll get the pit stuff out of the way. Uh, pit hoops. Lots of, tra- you know, some transfers happening here. Uh, Cam Cameron Davis. He's gone. And um, Malik Ellison, he's graduating this uh, <clears throat> this uh, spring. And he's transferring out. And you figure he took a curious path because, well, <clears throat> he went to St. John's. He was there, had to, then came to Pitt, had to sit out a year. Plays only one year. In fact, he almost transferred out of Pitt. But then he goes, and then now, you know, he graduates, he's going to transfer. Well, good for him. I'm glad, he has, you know, I'm glad he's finishing his, his degree. That's one thing, you know, with these college athletes. I love this that they're finishing with their, their degree. I mean, people, I, I mean, yeah... I'm sure the, the, the bachelor's degree is, has cheapened over the years, and but still, education is something that can never take, be taken away from you. So, you can make money, money can be taken away from you, but that that uh, degree would, never will. Right? But uh, these, two, these two players, these guys were, were, were two class players. And they represent the university well, and they contributed as much as they could, and I wish them well. They could have easily left, and they, they hung out. They stayed, and really, I have nothing but props for these guys. You know, with, um, with, with, with Davis... I had a feeling he really wanted to stay at Pitt. He loved it here. He loved the coaches. He was happy. 
But at the end of the day, you're in college. You're a college athlete. What do you want to do? When you're on scholarship, especially, you want to play. And I think that's really what it is, is he wants to play. He knows he's not going to here, really, because Jeff Capel is bringing in more players, probably better players. And he knows, basically, you know, it just isn't going to happen anymore. And probably the same thing from Ellison as well. But these, you know, it happens like that. I mean, that's one thing when you get to, you know, when you get to the, uh, the college, when you're an athlete, you got to work hard every day because they're not going to stop recruiting. They're going to keep recruiting. And with, with Capel, he wants to upgrade the talent on this roster really bad. And with these guys leaving, he gets to do that. I mean, he already is now, but now he gets to really bring in some guys. Because here's the thing about Jeff Capel. He wants to win. And that's why he preached defense so bad in the offseason, because he knew what he was taking over. And he, he wanted to put his foundation in right then and there, and this was the time to do it. He did it. I mean, they won two ACC games early on. Shit got harder. Probably should have won some more games if luck had it. It didn't. But they came back and they won. They, they closed out the ACC with a win. And um, they won their tournament game. And they bled for half for the second tournament game. You know, Cuse was just a better team. And that was that. But now Capel really is going to put his, st- his stamp on things. Hey, it works. But um, I really want to talk freaking spring football, but I won't be able to do it. But I do know it's at Heinz. Obviously, emissions free. And I think it's not this weekend, but next weekend it is. I think it's the, uh, let's see, today's the 4th, tomorrow's the 5th, maybe the 13th. So it's free. And uh, check it out. You know, Pitt always, you know, it's free. Pitt always takes care of its fans. But uh, we'll talk about the um, spring football next week. We'll talk about who's progressed and who hasn't. Really, I mean, spring football, it's kind of a preview for the, for the, you know, when summer camp begins. And you really, this, you can't really take a whole lot from this. It's not really gospel. So... Don't do it. But pretty much this podcast today is more college hoop centric because it's just freaking loaded up with stuff. Um, speaking of uh, stuff related to the pit, well, Jamie Dixon is uh, supposedly slated to take the uh, to take the UCLA job. Uh, basically, he's gonna he, basically he's gonna dick over his old modern and get out. Now, if we look at it on the surface, take, let's let's take away my you know my, my pit basketball aside, take it all away, and let's look at it from an outsider's perspective. If I was not a pit you know, fan. Jamie took over a program that Ben 
you know, Ben Hill left him with. What pretty much he had a winning season every year. There were some instances where he missed the tournament towards the end, but overall the guy was really good here, Pitt. He was a great ambassador here, not just at Pitt, but he was a great ambassador to the Big East. When the Big East was uh, when the expansion apocalypse was happening, he went and grabbed TCU at the height of their existence because they just got. I think yeah, they just had a you know went to a BCS bowl game and they were on fire. They were the, they were the best non-BCS team in that country. Not to mention they had a rabbit alumni. Lots of money to fly around. Jamie went ahead and grabbed them and brought them to the Big East. And it's destroying the Big East football. I mean, think about that. The guy took the guy it took that guy to help the big you know to help the Big East. And, and at the end of the day it didn't freaking matter because you know what? The uh the late the uh the the, the uh, basketball only schools Still one of the things their way. They knew that the football schools were getting too much power, and I'm sure once TCU gets into the Big East, they will they will start attracting some hoops talent. And if you know, Lori, if you know that, they probably would have overtaken the uh, Catholic school, you know, the basketball quote unquote basketball only schools as well. So it fell apart, but TCU ended up in the Big Twelve. You know, if, it, if you know, if it, um, you know, for ma- you know, for making up things, more like a consolation prize. I mean, they still end up in the, in the you know, they still end up at the big boys' table. They, you know, they still had a plate, regardless. You know, I mean, the guy also. What else? What else did he do? He um, rescued some uh, person who from a car accident. He had the Maggie Dixon um, classic. You know, after his after his sister passed away. I think it's one of the most emotional times I've ever seen Jamie Dixon. Was he did the interview on HBO when uh, you know they, you know they did the uh, real sports on him, and I think with him. You know, I guess him being the uh, the brother that he was, he always took care of things. And I think you know he broke. I remember him. I remember watching that um, interview, and he just I think he broke down, or was about to break down because I guess you know it was one of those things where his uh, his sister passed away, and there was nothing he can do about it. And he that's what he said. He asked the doctors if there was anything he could have done, and he'd, there was nothing he can do, and that was probably the hardest part with him is and that's what that you know, that's what any person you know that's sick or relative loved one that's that's sick or dies there's you know you always wonder for something you could have done and there's sometimes there just isn't anything you can do and and I think and I, I think it's a you know beats the crap out of people is they they try to find ways of how they can help and it just doesn't happen but um Things fell apart for Jamie after the uh, Butler loss. We all know that too well. He lost the entire recruiting class. Kem Birch left. Barely was on campus and left. 
and he had to pretty, I guess his issue, the issue with Jamie has always been his recruiting, and I think he, he had some, you know, he was a hell of a coach at Pitt, and I think what really, if he killed one, one of the few recruiting battles, he probably would have some Final Fours. And I think, you know, he went to TCU, and obviously he had a big budget. They were going to give him everything he wanted. But I think he realized at the end of the day, he, he wants to win a title. He's not going to win one at TCU. Maybe he maybe he gets to the Final Four, but right now, I mean, what what, what happened to Pitt towards the end is, is happening at TCU, but a more accelerated pace. Because by his third year... He's lost, he had four or five guys transfer out. I mean, the guy lost an entire recruiting class, and he's only—he's not even been here three years yet. And then on top of that, they missed, in the, they missed the tournament. Barely. But but that team now is a, was a much different team than they were back in November, December. That's, you know, they, you know Jamie, towards the end, was, uh, he had seven or eight guys he was uh, rotating. I mean, he had a short. I mean, he, it, it was short. And then he also, um, not to mention, has one of a coach, one of his coaches. Is under investigation, and there went left for the uh, left for another for a job. So next year for Jamie Dixon. It's gonna be it's gonna be another a big rebuild, and so he I guess he realizes this, and you know. But here's the thing: Jamie did one hell of a what one hell of a thing for himself. Jamie left Pitt. He ends up at TCU. They start winning automatically. If anything, Jamie really cashed out on this deal. Because it, it lands him a job at UCLA and he has to go back home to his family because that's where his family is you know, based at and that's where he grew up. So I think in the case of UCLA, UCLA, as you know, is a tough place to play and a tough, tough place to coach because they want to win championships. But at the end of the day, I think with Jamie Dixon and UCLA, Jamie was won a championship. UCLA, at this point, just wants to win basketball games. So why not go get a guy who wins basketball games? And that's what Jamie Dixon does. He wins. His recruiting, you know, obviously has has, has issues. He recruited well at TCU because he had two really good assistants. Now with with UCLA, he's they're going to give him a lot more than that. He's going to get the whole shebangabang. So, for Jamie, this is a win-win. So I can't blame him going. You know, I mean, I'm sure it's, it, it sucks leaving your alma mater. But when UCLA calls you, you go, and that's what he's doing. He's going, and barring that he, um, you know, barring it when the ink dries, because as I'm seeing here. Talking about this, Mick Cronin is a um, candidate. But if I'm going between Jamie Dixon and Mick Cronin, and supposedly Jamie's bio was the issue. Well, 
I don't know. If I'm going between the two, I'm going with Jamie, not Mick Cronin. Because Mick pretty much you're gonna get it's pretty much Steve Alford Redux. People are saying, you know, Jamie is Ben Hallen Redux. Uh, I've said before. But at least Ben Hallen got him in the final four. You know, know, he's got that working for him. But, um, you know, as a, you know, know, taking my pit fandom aside, you know, you know, good for Jamie. I mean, that's, I mean, he's a hell of a coach. The opportunity that a lot of people dream of. So, let him have it. I'm sure it sucks for, uh, for TCU, but, you know, and not to mention your coach, Dick, and your alma mater, but I'm sure they're going to understand the difference here. But um, they're going to, you know, for TC, they're going to need one hell of a hire to replace Jamie because it's, it's, it's going to be a big rebuilding thing. So I'm sure they'll shout the money for whoever, whoever comes next. I'm hearing that the muscleman from Nevada may emerge as a candidate. Which would kind of suck for Shamil Stevenson because he transferred there. And now your coach is leaving. Maybe he goes to TCU. Would that be some, something awkward? So let's see what happens there. Now we got the Final Four coming up. Lots of fun things. Two, two awesome games. Michigan State and uh, Texas Tech. That's one of the games. We'll, t- we'll start off with that one. Basically, both these teams are physical. Actually, Michigan State's a lot more physical. And they have more size. Texas Tech doesn't have... It's it was undersized compared to Michigan State. But they're quick. They're ferocious. And they bring it. We saw what happened with um, with Michigan where they pretty much went zone and Michigan was just they just were so freaking passive in that game. And then they matched Gonzaga's intensity as well. Cuz Gonzaga was was an was an easy pick for the final four, but the problem with Gonzaga is they're a cautious pick at times because of where they play. I think Michigan State is going to be playing for the national championship. It's been about 20 years since Tom Izzo's won a title. I think this is where he goes and plays for it. And probably wins it. Because in there, saw the bracket, he's got Auburn versus Virginia. I think with I think with Chuma out, that hurts Auburn a lot. The thing about Virginia is they're primarily a defensive team, but they have really talented players. I mean, like, I mean, Tony Bennett's recruited. Um, I think he's got like six top 100 players. He's he's landing on that team. He's done a hell of a job. But the thing about Virginia is they can they can match any pace a team plays. That's how good they are. How well coached they are. They can adjust. To any pace, so you can throw whatever the hell you want at them; they're going to defend the hell out of you. 
for, for, for Auburn to win this game, they're going to have to pretty much do what Purdue, Purdue did, and they're going to need basically their guards to, to, to emerge and try to, uh, try to outscore Virginia and win this one. And that's the thing. That's, that's what has to happen here. It has to be an offensive shootout. Because if it is, Auburn's winning it easily. But if uh, if Virginia sets the tone and dictates things, Auburn's screwed. But I but I like I like Virginia. I'm sure the NCAA a lot of people would love Auburn because of Bruce Pearl because it adds more of an element. Bruce Pearl versus Tom Izzo. But I think it's gonna be Michigan State Virginia, and I like Michigan State to win it all. I guess, you know, you have to have that guy, and Michigan State has that guy in Cassius Winston. So, those are my picks for the, uh, for the for, you know, for the Final Four, for the championship game. So, let's, um, you know, let's hope we see something good. Let's just say, because the tournament, this tournament's been awesome. And I know people are upset over lack of blue bloods, but I think this is awesome that there's no blue bloods. It means that your torments, you know, it's changing. Just because there's no Duke in North Carolina doesn't mean the torment sucks. Okay, there's a lot, there's plenty of other good basketball teams besides those two. And I don't know, you know, I'm an ACC guy as well, but I'm not sure why people have to constantly blow these two programs. There's a lot of good programs out there. Auburn's going to bring their fans. So is Virginia. Michigan State's going to bring their fans. Texas Tech's going to travel as well. These guys are going to bring their fans, and they're going to be rowdy, and it's going to be fun, and we're going to love it. So crack open some beers, you guys, this week for this weekend. It's going to be a fun time because we also got the NHL playoffs coming up, NBA playoffs so we got some good we got some good stuff ahead of us. Now, as we close out, I thought I was gonna have freaking 20, 30 minutes. I'm I'm only on twenty. I spent a whole bunch on Jamie Dixon. I didn't spend much on tournament because there's really not much. I mean, it's, it's less games to talk about. But anyways, guys, let's talk about the AAF. The Alliance folded this week, and what happened here? Well, for, for one thing, it was you know, when the AAF was introduced. I thought it was. Just, I thought the whole concept was rush because Vince McMahon brought back the XFL. He announced it. And not too long after that, the AF came in, and Vince McMahon said, "We're not going to play until 2020." Whereas the AF said, "Hey, we're we're we're, we're starting our league, and it's got it's starting next year." And I just think the AF was rushed. And I mean, the whole thing is just—I like the product. The problem is, is it really wasn't advertised all that well. We wondered why. I thought maybe they were trying to have fans find out for themselves. But basically what it was, was the AF went in with no freaking money whatsoever to pay these guys. The budget. And then they had some billionaire come and save their ass. And then he realized 
what kind of uh, what kind of clusterfuck he he inherited. And the thing about billionaires is this: they love their money and they want to keep their money. So if they're losing money on something, they're not going to freaking keep doing it. And that's what happened here. He realized, basically, it's like, um, basically, it's like the guy bought a car with a bad transmit that happened to have a bad transmission. The AF, the guys from the AF sold it to him. They said, "Hey, this car is awesome. Look, look, it's nice and shiny." And of course, when he bought it, the transmission goes and the wheels fucking fall off of it. That's pretty much what happened here. And then he realized, you know what? They just, they sold me a piece of shit. I'm not going to put any money in this fucking thing. I'm just going to throw it in the fucking trash. I mean, how do you go... How do you say you're going to have at least three years and sign these players for at least three-year terms? And now you have enough money to fund ha- barely half of the season. And I feel bad for the players because a lot of these guys are looking for second chances to play pro football and make a living. And it's gone now. Some of these guys got injured. And I'm reading now that a lot of these guys are getting stuck with their own medical bills. And you're, you're reading about players getting kicked out of hotels because they were staying in hotels. And when they came back to the hotels, all their, st- all their shit was out. I mean, that's what really chaps my ass about all this is, okay, fine, you're not going to pay the hotel bill. Can you at least freaking let them go in their rooms and pack their stuff up? You know, give them some humility, don't leave out in the freaking lobby. I mean, personally, if I was a player and I saw my crap out in the lobby, I'd have been animated. I mean, basically, these guys... Basically, these guys are being thrown away like they're pieces of trash. And they're not. They came because they wanted to play and make a living and hopefully maybe get some more tape on them and maybe get get their shot to pros. And hopefully a lot of these guys will get in their shot. And it's just crappy. I mean, they're not they're not gonna get paid anymore. They're not getting anything. They, they had to find their own flights home. That's how, that's how that's how bad this is. So nobody wants that. I mean, I've worked in some jobs where people's stuff was, you know, packed up for them. And I mean, for me, I mean, when I was like, go for my job, shoot, I had to pack up. I had my boss, I had my boss freaking looking over me as I'm doing it, making sure, you know, like if I was going to steal something. But I had some, like, I remember I had some, I had some important stuff on my computer that I had saved. It was, a lot, it was a lot of code, a lot of, a lot of stuff that I had, you know, written and helped me do my job. And I couldn't get to that. Actually, to be honest with you, I, what, the, what did I do? My computer had to log me in and they didn't kill my login account when I got home. And I was able to backdoor somehow into my, my work computer and I was able to get my stuff out of it 
I, I know that I get my files, all the stuff that I really needed, but I was able to, um, what was it? I was able actually to, you know, wipe, wipe my profile out and everything else. So, um, yep. If you have anything important, don't save it to your drives. That's all I can tell you. Because you just never know one day. I mean, I never had it happen to me and it happened. But, uh, you know, I remember some people, they, they laid them off on a Saturday. And they said, oh, we'll just pack up their office for them. And it's usually when they lay off on a Saturday, and we had that before, a lot of times they, they fear you're going to be, you're going to be, a, you know, a problem when they lay you off. And I think with some of these people that, that they got laid off on Saturdays, they were pretty headstrong people. They were pretty outspoken. And there's nothing wrong with being outspoken, but for some people, they, they, they see it as a threat. Notch Denver understood why. I don't know. But um, the XFL is coming. And this is why probably why Vince McMahon wanted to start in 2020. And I think it's mainly because he wanted to do some more work. He wanted to have a football league, but he wanted to have a, you know, a really good plan uh, as to how he wants to do it. And he's, he's got all of our luck running things. Whereas the other guys, it was Ebersol, it was Pulley and Ebersol, and, and of course, Bill Pulley is one thing, but I think with all of our luck running things, plus, and you know they got Bob Stoops, he's involved. I guess he's involved as well with one of their teams. I like where Vince McMahon's going with this. And I, th- and, I, and I thought the reason why the AF was formed in, in the first place was to pretty much get in front of the, get in front of the XFL and pretty much kill whatever momentum the XFL had because last when this league happened last time back in 2001, Vincent Mann was at the height of his. Uh, the guy was just freaking. He was big because WWE was huge, and it was actually killing the ratings of Monday Night Football to a point where the NFL asked Vince McMahon to, uh, they wanted to move his raw broadcast because it was killing the ratings and, and McMahon pretty much told him to go pound salt and so when he formed the XFL it was ego of course because Vince was really, you know, high ego he wanted to run the XFL kind of like similar to the, what how the WWE was it was basically sex, drugs, rock and roll and the, the problem, problem with that was it was a different ball game. And on top of that, ESPN and the NFL. Actually, it was mainly ESPN because they had a lot of NFL guys work with, with them. ESPN had pretty much a heavy influence on things. So they trashed the XFL up until it began because they didn't want it anywhere near to compete with pro football. They, I mean, and it wasn't really going to compete. I mean, it was, it was, it was in the spring. I guess what what they want what they didn't want is they want they didn't want Vince McMahon to have a really good product, and at the end of the day, it really wasn't that great because he was taking pretty much has-beens for football. Now, if Vince McMahon lets players come from college or from high school to the pros to his league, it's going to be a different story. So I think you know now what he's doing is is he's. He's making sure he's a lot more prepared for, for it this time. 
because I'm sure he knows that spring football doesn't seem to really survive a whole lot. So, I'm looking forward to it. Really. I mean, I mean, sure, if my man is a jerk, he can be, but he's an anti-hero. And so I don't, I don't see this taking away from pro football any, anyway, shape or form. But I'm thinking he, if he can maybe attract some guys who um, maybe don't want to go to college and maybe you know, they want to make some money, be you know, ready to develop these players, it could help. But um, by all means, I hope it works. But more, you know, more football is more fun for us because the AF was a good product. It just unfortunately was really badly funded. It was a bad. It was just bad overall. So, anyways, guys, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games. Hell to pit.